Good. All right, open your Bibles again to James 1, James chapter 1. And I want you to look again at verse number 25. I'll be honest with you, I expected every and even more uh, distractions this morning because, because I believe the message is one that every person needs to hear. And I would ask that there would not be uh, any distractions other than those we can't help. And uh, I want you to listen this morning. Uh, verse number 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now what is that? That's the Word of God, right? That's the Word of God. The perfect law of liberty is the Word of God. That's the subject at hand. And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I want to reason with you today. And um, uh, I want you to listen. And I want you to, um, I want you to think with me today. I, I know it's been a warm week, a humid week sometimes uh, that causes us to be sleepy when we get in and uh, we get cool. And, uh, but I, I really want you to listen and uh, let's uh, hear the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would use the truth of the message. I pray, Lord, to um, resonate in our hearts and minds. It's important for every age person here uh, today. And I pray, Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit. I pray that you would give me wisdom as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the thoughts I have often is a uh, thinking of this phrase, the perfect law of liberty. Some think that is a contradiction. They think law and liberty are opposites, but the truth is the only way you can have liberty is within the law. And God says the perfect law of liberty is the Word of God. Now we're living in a day where many think they want lawlessness. Uh, they want to do what they desire to do, whether that be in our major cities uh, that have rebelled against law and law enforcement and every day, including uh, uh, this morning, we're having uh, mass uh, uh, murders, we're having uh, shootings, and we're having uh, uh, rioting. And of course, that is fueled by uh, professional athletes and movie stars who have never known a normal day and week and month and year of working and earning and paying for what they have and uh, they're spoiled and they have no idea what uh, the true, a real American uh, life is all about. And that lawlessness is fueled by their foolishness and their ignorance of God and the Bible. Uh, sadly, we see even some of that in the church today. Uh, there was a day that the Bible controlled every aspect of the local church uh, from the preaching to the Christian in the pew and not just on Sunday but the Bible affected our living on Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday as much as it did while we were in the church house. We've changed the church to satisfy and to entertain men today. We don't want to do anything that may seem to be boring to the flesh and we just want to entertain folks and make them feel like you've done a wonderful thing and you've done God a great service by just going to church when the truth is God doesn't want a moment of our time. He wants our life and it's only reasonable that we would serve God. Uh, sadly, we've even borrowed the music of the world 
world and we've changed our churches to look more like uh, entertainment centers or nightclubs than a place of light and life and the preaching uh, uh, of the truth. As a result, our society, without me saying it, you recognize it and see it every day, our society and our nation are literally falling apart. Uh, marriages are ending in divorce. The vice president's out on the street celebrating uh, uh, the uh, immoral, uh, godless behavior of homosexuality, and there's no pride in it. It's all shame. It's all a disgrace, but she's taking a part in the uh, so-called pride of the immorality. Uh, adultery is commonplace in our world today. Crime is out of control, and the only answer uh, being given is to defund the police. And we just about lost our minds when it comes to men and behavior. Although we have more things than any generations ever had before us, we're the most miserable nation. We're the least happy generation in a long time. We have the highest suicide rates. We have the highest rates of alcohol and drug abuse. And alcohol and drugs affects nearly every family in our nation today. We're even confusing our children. We don't have enough sense to teach them even basic and common natural law and gender. And they know it anyway. We don't have to teach them the foolishness that's being taught today in this critical race theory and all of the wickedness and the anti-God philosophy that it comes from. We live in a day that opinion is more important than truth. American history uh, is being denied and American heroes are uh, being uh, ignored as if our forefathers were morons and uneducated idiots uh, when the truth is that the opposite is true. We've replaced heroes with idols, character with talent, work with welfare, judgment with preference, and truth for fables. And how sad it is. And all of this in a desire to be free. To be free and do what we want to, uh, want to do and to have liberty for all. But the Bible tells us in these verses that if we want liberty, we must follow the perfect law of liberty or the perfect law that produces liberty, which is the Word of God. Now listen closely right now. We live in a world that is controlled by law, whether we like it or not. We're under the control of the laws of nature which are the laws of God. Man is the only creation or creature of God, don't miss it, that's been given not only the right, but the responsibility to choose if he wants to obey the laws of God or do as he pleases. God did not make man like other creations or creatures that they follow their nature uh, without a choice. God gave man, I'm tired of folks saying, I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. I'm going to live in freedom. Uh, that's about as idiot, idiotic as a fellow saying, I'm tired of being told what to do. I'm going to join the Marines. But man is the only creature that has been given a choice. You know why? God does not make you love Him. God does not make you obey Him. God wants us to choose to love Him. 
God wants us to choose to obey him. Now, it must be understood, and one of the major mistakes in life is not to recognize that while man has the right and responsibility to make his own choices, every choice already has a decided consequence. Now, you get on I-75 South, and you're not going to make it to California, but you will end up in Florida. It's already decided. Drive on whatever road you want to drive on, but their destination is already determined. They can only go in one direction. So understand that while man does not, God does not require man to obey the laws of God, he tells him, if you go this direction, you'll find life. If you go this direction, you'll find death. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 19, he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 33 that God has appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth. I'm going to take most of the rest of my time to give you an illustration and telling us that we live under the laws of nature, seeing those laws of nature, observing those laws of nature, we ought to be logical enough, we ought to be smart enough that if we want liberty, we would choose to follow the law of liberty if that's what we desire in life. Now think with me. Everything in the universe, every planet, animal, rock, every particle of matter or light wave is bound by laws. And they have no choice but to obey those laws. The Bible tells us that these are the laws of nature or they are God's laws. God's laws and logic are built in to the universe. The world and universe are not haphazard nor arbitrary. Turn me down just a little bit, please. Our world or universe obeys the laws of chemistry that are logically derived from the laws of physics and the laws of mathematics. The most fundamental laws of nature exist only because God wills them to. They are logical, they are orderly, and they are the way that God has ordered the universe and the world to operate. Are you with me this morning? God has laws that are in order. You cannot break those laws. And what I'm saying and I'm preaching this morning is to say there are a set of laws that control different parts of our world. There is then a choice if you want to have liberty, God said. I'm giving you the laws of liberty and if you'll obey it, you will be blessed in your deed. If you don't obey the law of liberty, you won't have liberty, you will have bondage. You know our world, much of it's in bondage today? Because they reject the laws of liberty. 
It doesn't matter what a professor says. It doesn't matter what a preacher says. What matters is what God says in his word. Let let me give you some illustrations. There is what is called the law of life or the law of biogenesis. That law states that life only comes from life. That is what science tells us organisms reproduce other organisms after their own kind. Now that's exactly what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 when God created the first and diverse kinds of life on earth and the Bible says that God made them to reproduce after their kind. By the way, molecules to man, which is the theory of evolution, violates the law of biogenesis. Evolutionists believe that life spontaneously formed from non-living chemicals, but that is inconsistent with the law of biogenesis. In fact, uh, uh, it is nothing more uh, than a lie of the devil with the purpose of having nothing to do with science and everything to do with rejecting the God of heaven. The law of biogenesis is in control. Two men cannot have a child. Two women cannot have a child. God has designed that life reproduces after its own kind. And life as we know it is not possible without those laws. Now I want to say this morning, Satan is illogical. He is a pathological liar and a deceiver. And you and I ought to have just enough logical sense to say, while I don't understand all of the Bible... I believe the Bible because God said it and he is the creator of the world. There are the laws of chemistry. All life requires a specific chemistry. All life requires a specific chemical makeup. Our bodies are powered by chemical reactions and they depend on the laws of chemistry operating in a uniform, predictable fashion. From the water we drink to the air we breathe. Do you understand that the air we breathe doesn't have just oxygen in it? It has other natural gases. And so when a person needs help breathing and we give them oxygen, we're giving them pure oxygen. Do you understand that people who smoke around that pure oxygen are in danger because the law of fire says fire requires oxygen to burn and if you get a spark of fire with pure oxygen around anything that's flammable, it's going to burn. Now God is in control of the air that we breathe. It has in it oxygen and oxygen is what we have to have uh, to live. Uh, Now dear friend, the laws of chemistry are in control. Uh, You can decide, well, I'm just not going to breathe anymore. You rebels that don't like the law out there and you just uh, decide you want to be lawless, just decide you're going to live without breathing and see what happens. 
You see, the laws of chemistry, they are in control. One day, God is going to change the chemical makeup of the air, and this world is going to burn, according to 1 Peter. Every element is going to melt with fervent heat, and God is in control of the air we breathe. There are the laws of planetary motion. The 17th century scientist Johannes Kepler uh, discovered that the planets in our solar system obey three basic laws of nature. Later, scientist Sir Isaac Newton discovered that Kepler's laws could be derived mathematically from certain laws of physics specifically the laws of gravity and of motion, which Newton himself formulated. And the laws of planetary motion, they were not created by scientists. They were discovered and they were put down in words, in language, in mathematics that we can understand. And those have been in control. The planetary laws, for example, the planets do not... Uh, go around the sun in a perfect circle. And there is an explanation of the orbits of the planet and why they don't crash into one another and why they stay in their place. And the easiest way to understand it is God put them there and he told them to stay and they'll stay there until God changes it. Those laws are in control. All the laws that I've mentioned, they control our life. Then there are the laws of physics. The laws of physics, the field of physics, describe the behavior of the universe at its most fundamental level. They describe the way the universe operates today. How many of you took physics in college or in high school? And you understand, and you didn't understand all you heard. But you knew somebody understood it, and you were glad they did. Some of the laws of physics describe how light propagates, how energy is transported, how gravity operates. The laws of physics, they are in control. You can't break them. Congress can decide this week, we're going to do away with the laws of physics. And it'll just be another proof of their idiocy in trying to change the laws that God has established already. Then there are the laws of mathematics. The laws, they can't be broken, they can't be changed. Uh, the laws of physics are highly mathematical in nature. They would not work if there were not also laws of mathematics. Mathematical laws and principles include rules of addition, rules of multiplication, and many more. One plus one was two on the day of creation, one plus one is two today, and it will be for all eternity. That's the law of mathematics. I remember trying to learn uh, uh, multiplication of fractions. And, 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 and I just thought, boy, this just doesn't make any sense. And I thought, uh, thought one-eighth was bigger than one-fourth. It just seemed to me that eight's bigger than four. And the, and the teacher said, no, it's not right. Uh, one-fourth is greater than one-eighth. I said, it doesn't make any sense. Eight's bigger than four. She said, it's not one-eighth, it's one-fourth. It didn't make any sense to me. And then she said, would you want to share a pie with eight brothers or four brothers? 
I said, well, I've only got two brothers and I'm not getting any pie as it is. So, so, so I understand now that it makes sense that one-fourth is greater than one-eighth. Now, that's the law. You can't change it. It cannot be changed. Those laws are established. By the way, you know who established every law that I'm speaking about and don't even fully comprehend everything I'm saying? I just know that it's true. God designed, God defined all of those laws and our world and our universe has been under His control since the day of creation. They're the laws of logic. All the laws of nature, from physics and chemistry to the law of biogenesis, depend on the laws of logic. For example, take the law of non-contradiction, for example. This law states that you cannot have both A and not have A at the same time in the same relationship. Now, let me, let me just give you a simple illustration to help you understand that. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Either you have it or you eat it and it's gone. But you can't have it and eat it too. That's the law of logic. Now understand, without the laws of logic, reasoning would be impossible. But where did the laws of logic come from? The atheists cannot account for the laws of logic because even they must accept that they exist in order to do any rational thinking. The laws of logic are in control. Then there's the uniformity of nature. This is interesting. The laws of nature are uniform. The laws of nature are not arbitrary or they do not arbitrarily change. If they did, the whole nation and world would be in chaos. The laws of nature apply in the future just as they've applied in the past. This is one of the most basic assumptions in all of science. Without this assumption, the uniformity of nature or that laws do not change, science would be impossible. Now think with me. Life is in the blood. That's what the Bible said. Now, George Washington's doctors thought that his blood was polluted and they need to get rid of it. And when they got rid of the blood, they got rid of his life. You can't take the blood out and live. Life is in the blood. If your blood counts get low, you lose energy and eventually you lose life. Now, you know how long that's been true? Forever. And they don't change. You know how they make predictions? They make predictions because of the laws of uniformity or they have never changed. H2O has always been the chemical makeup for water and will always be until God changes it. If the laws of nature suddenly and arbitrarily changed, then past experimental results would tell us nothing about the future. All of medicine is 
built on the law of the, uh, the uniformity of nature that once you put this chemical together and this chemical, you have this reaction. It does the same thing every time. No matter how many times you put those chemicals together, they're going to have the same reaction. And they try and they test in laboratories all of these chemicals and medications uh, to help us and they trust in this law of nature of uniformity how can how can we depend on the laws of nature to stay consistent i ask you well god keeps them that way the secular scientist cannot justify this important assumption, but the Bible gives us the answer. In Colossians chapter 1, God is the creator of all things, and by Him all things consist. They're held together by the Lord. Now nobody in this nation that has any ability to think logically would stand up here and say, well, gravity really is just a figment of your imagination. It's not true. Now I thought gravity, I thought this morning gravity was bragging a little when I stepped on the scale. But, but they, don't, they don't argue against those laws. Nobody argues against the law of biogenesis. Nobody argues against the laws of physics. Nobody argues against the laws of mathematics. Nobody argues against the laws of uniformity. And so I asked the question this morning, why would we argue with the law of liberty when God said there's only one law of liberty? If you obey my word, you'll be blessed in your deed. If you disobey my word, you won't have liberty, you'll have bondage. And I preach to you today. We need to live by the book. If you want to have a happy marriage, you live by the book. If you want to have a happy life, you live by the Bible. Just as sure as the sun and the moon and the stars stay in their orbit. And just as sure as we're able to breathe oxygen and drink water. And just as sure as these laws are in control. The law of liberty is in control. And a city or a state or a nation cannot have liberty outside the laws of God. How many people have to die before we recognize, wait a minute, there's only one way to live and enjoy life. Try breaking the law of gravity and see what happens. Get on top of the building and say, I'm sick and tired of gravity. I'm going to jump off and I'm going to fly and I'm just going to enjoy life without gravity. You can't do it. And just as sure as those laws are in control, dear friend, I preach to you that we need to teach our children, we need to teach ourselves the wonderful truths of this book right here. Why in the world we think when the Bible says that there's a curse on a man that would give another man a drink of alcohol. Did you hear what I said? Habakkuk said men are not supposed to drink alcohol and he cursed those that would give it. And we have folks who say, well, our economy is in need. You can't drink your way to prosperity. You can't gamble your way to prosperity. You're breaking the laws of liberty. You won't have liberty. You'll have bondage. There's only one way to be born again. There's only one way to go to heaven. 
There's only one way to be saved, and that's to realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and only by grace God giving me what I do not deserve, and by mercy Him not giving me the hell that I do deserve, but by His blood, His own blood, on the cross of Calvary I have the remission of sin, if simply by faith I'll receive it. You may say, well, I've got a way that makes a little more sense than that. I don't care what you think. What I care is what the Bible says. I don't doubt the Bible any more than I doubt the laws of physics or I doubt the laws of mathematics or I doubt the laws of science or I doubt the laws of, 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 uh, uh, of uniformity. I believe those laws. I'm bound by those. I'm controlled by those. Now, wait a minute. I have a choice if I want to live in liberty or not. I can reject God. Now here's what God did. He gave us his word and said, these are examples and in samples. If a nation wants to be blessed, it needs to live in righteousness because righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach. There's one answer. There's no need for you to stand and argue with the teacher and say, well, I think one plus one is six. He's going to mark it wrong every time. And the same is true when it comes to the law of liberty. That's the introduction to the message. I'm going to preach the message tonight. My heart's burden for a nation that's rejected God. Our public schools, it, it breaks my heart to see what's going on. When you reject God and He turns that mind to a reprobate mind, that's where America is today. Living in ways that are unseemly, you look at them and you wonder, why do you do that? Don't you, can't you read the newspaper enough to see this rock mu musician died at 28 because he'd been drinking and taking drugs since he was a, 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 a young boy? Can't you see the hurt and the pain of children because, because we don't obey what God said about life and about marriage? I hope that you'll hear the message tonight. I want you to come. If you're not here, watch it online, but I want you to come. Stand with me, if you will. There's one law of liberty. The answer is not to defund the police. The answer is to say, hey, folks, let me have your attention right here. Here's the law of liberty. You know how the Philippines are prospering today? They let the preacher take this book right here and walk into the classroom and teach children the perfect law of liberty. You know why America once prospered? They don't even do this anymore. We used to walk into class, put our hand over our heart, and pledge allegiance to the flag that was one nation under God. Amen. We can't expect anything different than falling apart when we try to break the laws. You strap anything on your nose other than oxygen, you're not going to live. Law controls it. God's in control. Let's not rebel against it and hurt. Let's yield to it and enjoy life.